You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. Hello, David. Hello. How are you today? I'm all right. It's so, a wet, wet day here. Oh, we need rain here bad. It's uh, yeah. starting to feel like a drought. All my grass is brown. Yeah, and that's what's known as a first world problem. <laughs> a drought? No, not a drought. Your grass being brown. Uh, unless, I don't know. unless you've got a, unless you've got a goat living on the grass. Well, we you don't. <laughs> you don't have a goat living in your grass. No, trade. I traded the goat in for a pig. No, I'm thinking about trading mine in for a troll. <laughs> trolls are cool. I uh, wish. Yeah, this is true. If you could buy trolls and peg them out in the garden, that would be awesome. My kids, for a long time, were really into this book about a troll living under a bridge and Billy Goats going across it. Yep. And now it's on the iPad, and they listen to the book and watch the pictures move all by themselves. Yeah, I, I got a an interactive book for my three-year-old daughter called Monster Socks that she absolutely adores. Yeah? Yeah. But I, I, I try and... Normally I try and alternate between letting the thing play itself and me reading it to her, because I feel I have to be participative in the process. Well, Cole always wants an iPad story, and Brooke always wants a daddy-made-up story. <laughs> Obviously, the iPad is much easier, you know. But, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I kind of like making up the stories as I go. I may, the, the last one I made up was The Silver Surfer. My origin story was much better than the official one. I can imagine that. <laughs> it's fun, though. You know, I like... I like uh, when they're acting good. Yeah. A couple weeks ago. I can go... I can... After we put them to bed, as long as Cole's asleep, you don't have to stay upstairs. Yeah. But if Cole's awake, you can't leave upstairs because he'll get into stuff. He's four. <laughs> Brooke's okay. If she's not asleep, and she's honestly... She usually isn't when I go downstairs after putting them to bed. That's okay. Yeah. So... She can, she can do her own thing. I'm in my bedroom, and it's I'm already ticked off because they had been naughty that night. You know how kids can be at bedtime. Oh yeah. And so I'm already in a bad mood. I'm I'm in my bedroom for about 15 minutes. I'm thinking maybe one of them, specifically Cole, is asleep by now. And I hear this weird noise. I can't pinpoint what it is. So I go in there and uh, I, I I look at Brooke and I go, "What was that? No- what was that?" what are you doing? And she just gives me that, I don't know what you're talking about, look. <laughs> so then I look down on Cole, because he's on the bottom bunk, and I said, what are you doing? And he's got that innocent look. And then I look back at Brooke, and I go, what are you doing? And I realize I'm starting to sound kind of like a crazy person at this point. Yeah. And she said nothing. And I look down at Cole, and before I can say anything, he points his four-year-old little finger at me and goes, what are you doing? <laughs> I started cracking up. I was like, oh, my kryptonite. That's right, yeah. Uh, he got me good. Couldn't Played the it. cute card. Yep, couldn't, I started laughing. <laughs> this melted my anger right away. What are yeah. you doing? It was so funny because it was... it. it it's, he was pointing out the idiot... The, my idiocy. For saying the yeah. same thing over and over when I obviously wasn't going to get an answer. <laughs> Four years old. So uh, I hear you got a new TV. 
I got a new TV. Tell me about it. Well, I'll tell you what I think it's like because I haven't been able to open it yet because I've been traveling the last couple of days. It only arrived from Amazon this morning. Um, but, you know, we've, we've been looking at, well, we've been thinking about this since the beginning of the year and uh, kind of I got a, a very small bonus through work um, told to me last month that's coming very shortly. So I said, Martha said, got a bonus, we're going to buy a new TV. Um, and she's kind of up, you know, she's she's finally really noticing now the uh, the dark shadow that's on our current, you know, we've got a cheap no-name panel right. TV that we bought about three years ago. and um, It's time. Yeah, one of the back, obviously what's happened is, that is over time that one of the backlight tubes has started to burn into the back of this screen. So it's created this dark mark. You can kind of see the shape of the tube in the mark, you know. Um, so, it, yeah, it's time. Yep. Um, and we, we've we been looking around and, and obviously, you know, when you go looking for TVs now, it's really hard because, you know, they are so there's so many different technologies and specs and, you know, what do you need and how much do you want to spend and all this sort of thing and they're cheap, you know, compared to what I used to spend on a CRT TV, they are dirt cheap now. Oh yeah. But nevertheless it's a case of, you know, do you buy kind of a Costco type no-name brand again and know it will probably only last three years or do you spend a little bit more in the hope that um, you'll get something with a brand name on it that will last longer, or do you know? Do you do you really buy something you know absolutely fantastic that looks great now uh, and really hope it doesn't break down? So we kind of been through all of this, and then you get into you know what size you want, what features you want, and all this sort of thing. We finally settled down. My wife suggested that we buy. We have a thirty-seven inch at the moment, and, and I'm sure to our American listeners that sounds tiny because I know you like fifty, sixty inch plus. But um, here in here in the UK, you know, really the the entry level model is a 32, and then you know, if you're feeling a bit flush, you might have a 37 or a 40, and you know, only the only the kind of the people who are really into TV and movies buy anything bigger than that. And most it tends to stop out around about 46 inches here. Uh, anything bigger than that, and you start to spend really big money. So That's we what I have. This, I have a 46. Yeah. So 46 is pretty much top end here in the UK. Um, and she suggested we reorganise the living room where we decorated. And she said, "Look, we're a lot closer to the TV now. Why don't we? Why don't we buy something smaller, but you know, has but is better?" Uh, and you know, she kind of convinced me around to the argument that that you know, you, you, we bought a small panel, we probably get better quality. Um, we ended up going for a, a mid-range Samsung. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a sixty-seven ten, I think it is, and it you know, it has LED backlighting. It has an incredibly sharp ten eighty p picture. I mean, really, you know, you look at it in the stores and, and you can see how much better it is. And because, you know, it's a mid-range model, there's, it's got much better processing on it. It's got 400 hertz refreshes and all this, you know, all these numbers that you see on the boxes and on the on the tags telling you what it does. But, it, you know, the, the thing for us is it looked really good. Uh, and the important thing for my wife, and don't discount this gadget fans, um, aesthetically it looked really nice. You know, it's got a very nice thin... Uh, bezel it's it's uh, kind of a light white green so it, it kind of fits in well in our living room uh, and if you want that spousal approval it's important that they're happy with the look <laughs> uh, so uh, so that's what we've gone for and we you know we've got a discount on off it on Amazon it has HD uh, tuners in it and it has 3D and you know all the all the the stuff that all the all the groovy kids want but I, I don't know how much of that we're going to use I don't have any 3D sources so. Um, Do you think there's any future in 3D? I mean, 
you know, I know that's one of our subjects today, so we might as well talk about it now since we're on televisions yeah. already. Yeah, I, I, I was. I was struck. I, I went to see Prometheus last week. Uh-huh. Uh, I was traveling, traveling away, uh, and uh, I knew it was a movie that my wife wouldn't want to go see with me. So I thought, well, I'm, I'm stuck in a hotel room. Might as well go and see it. Really annoyed me. The only place I could find it had it only in 3D. Um, and what annoys me about that is the extra costs and the extra. Um, you know, sometimes I, I wasn't as worried about this because I know that um, Ridley Scott did a decent job on 3D. I know he color graded it to compensate for the lack of brightness and stuff like that. But nevertheless, you know, you kind of sticks in the craw. You pay that extra money for the ticket. Um, you know, going to the movies is already expensive, uh, and uh, you know, then this particular theatre then charged me an extra an extra eighty pence for the 3D glasses on, on top of what they'd already charged me extra for the for the 3D ticket. Yep. I said, well, I said, why are you doing this? I said, why don't you just put in the price and give me the glasses? Oh, well, you know, you're buying the glasses and then you can keep them and use them again. And I said, I said to the guy, I said, dude, they're cheap, shitty plastic glasses. Yeah, what am I going <laughs> to really? keep these in my glove compartment on the yeah, off exactly. chance that I go see it's, another 3D movie? Exactly. I said, all that's going to happen is every time I come to a 3D movie, you're going to sting me an extra 80 pence for the glasses. Yep. Rather than give them to me, you know, or, or, or loan them to me, which, of course, is what most of these do, is they, you know, you, the, you put them in the bucket at the end and then they get recycled. Yep. But, uh, so that that really annoyed me. But the thing is, I mean, Prometheus has is, is, is got some fantastic visuals in it. It's got some real... Obviously, you know, Ridley Scott is a master of the vista, so it has some incredible, uh, you know, uh, shots of this landscape in which he's constructing this story. Um, and he doesn't, he didn't go for the kind of a lot of the 3D scares or anything like that. He was just using it to, to give the film some immersion. But, you know, I, I came out afterwards thinking, well, the film was great, I enjoyed the film, but I'm not really sure the 3D did anything much more for it than, than it would have been in 2D. Uh, and then I, I came across an article on the web. Um, that I will send you a link to because people will want to read it. Uh, it's about the guy who um, he, he he basically he is he is a movie maker. He's a director. I, f- I forget off the top of my head which movies he's made, but he basically said he'll never film in three D, even though he quite likes the the concept of three D and thinks it's the future of cinema, because he says stereoscopic three D just isn't real 3D and and I kind of sympathise with this view I often think if you see a 3D movie or, or, or certainly been looking at these TVs I've seen quite a lot of 3D footage on these TVs and it's not really 3D it's kind of flat images with uh, in, in a multiple 3D plane so it's kind, it's kind of like a Viewmaster right. you know those old things you used to put you know, as a kid you, you used to put the cardboard discs in and it would show you pictures of animals and stuff like that and it yeah, it has some depth to it, but actually it looks like um, cardboard cutouts. It looks fake. Yeah, it does. And, and I think and what this, this guy said, and, I, and I, I'm inclined to agree with him, is that actually we don't process 3D in our brains like that, even though we have two eyes with a stereoscopic view. Um, actually, what we do is we build up kind of a perception of the 3D world in front of us. And in fact, our eyes are darting around all over the place and don't really see images in the way that is presented to us with a 3D movie, which is why it always looks wrong. Um, and so, you know, I, I think 3D needs to change. I, I think the way it's being done at the moment just isn't the right way of doing it. And I think that's why, even if you get, um, you know, a technology which means you don't need the glasses and you can sit and watch it at any angle without having to have something on your face... I don't think there's going to be a huge take-up for it because it it just it looks different. And if it looks different to how we perceive the world, then kind of what's the point? Yep. 
you're not presenting the perception that that the immersion that you want to get for the viewer because you're not putting them into something that looks like they're actually watching something live which is kind of the whole point of 3D to try and make make you feel like you're really there you're seeing the story as a first person viewer and if it can't do that then then the whole thing is kind of redundant really uh, so this particular TV um, we bought um, some of the high, if you buy a larger screen model it comes with the Bluetooth glasses you need to get the 3D effect and uh, my wife sort of said, oh, well, how much are they if, 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 if we, we get the base model? It doesn't come with glasses. I said, well, don't worry, because we're never going to use them. Um, we're never going to need them. We're never going to want them, because I'm not going to go out and get uh, 3D sources so we can get 3D on the TV. No. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm just waiting for Holodeck. But I, I think that's kind of what it has to be. It has to be something that presents the image in a very different way that allows our brains to do the 3D processing mm-hmm. rather than something that imposes uh, kind of some sort of perceptual 3D effect on the image before you even view it. Well, if you've ever seen 4K images uh, uncompressed on a huge screen, it's more 3D than any 3D technology out there. Yeah. Because it's so realistic, your brain converts it to 3D. Yeah. It just, it it looks like you can reach out and touch stuff. I mean, it's amazing. Mm -hmm. But it's still very expensive. (laughs) No. Now we're, we're going to, I'm quite interested in this TV has all the smart internet stuff that Samsung pushes as well, smart TV. So it don't can you have to get a USB dongle to this? This it? one has an Ethernet jack on the back, so you okay. can just plug it straight to your router. Um, and I'm interested to see how good that is because obviously um, a lot of the pundits have been speculating about Apple getting into the TV space. Um, and so um, I'm, I'm looking this as a, I'm presuming it's an example of how not to do this sort of thing oh I uh, would imagine but then again <laughs> you know it, it could be cool I don't want to discount the fact that you know it's built in you know you can use it why well, not well yeah I mean the key thing for me is that um, it supports iPlayer which is the BBC's catch up service which is something that at the moment I, the only way I can get that is by running it on the iPad and streaming it's the Apple TV which is you know which works great don't get me wrong but it's you know it's an extra step to go and find the iPad and find the program you want and then send it to the Apple TV uh, to have it built as a TV would be good the the one thing that I think might be interesting is um, the, the TV has Skype uh, and you can plug your own webcam in and then it turns it into a kind of a, a, a Skype video phone yeah. now that that's interesting, you know. My, my the, son's it, you know, if Apple does a TV like that, it's just going to be built in eyesight camera on the TV. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, they haven't they've nickel and dime me by not putting the camera in, but yep. uh, nevertheless, I, I, I'm interested to try that. My son's going to be away at camp in uh, in New York State in a few weeks' time, and we normally face uh, <laughs> we we normally video call with him, not FaceTime every uh, every day when he's away. So it'll be interesting to do that uh, on the TV, uh, if we can get it to work, that is. It sounds cool. Yeah, I mean, well, I'm uh, looking forward to it. So there'll be the big unboxing tonight, and um, England are, uh, in the Euro 2012 Championships got a big game next Tuesday, so I'm looking forward to seeing that on a, on a good TV without ugly shadows on. So, Well, let's take our first break. We're going to come back. I'll tell you about two purchases I just made, and then we'll get into our feedback, and then... Uh, on the third segment, Windows Phone 8 and Surface. We'll be right back. All right, Siri, we need a new ad for the Pocket Size Podcast. I want you to dictate something for me. Oh, great. Can you at least please not mumble this time? 
Pocket Size Podcast is a short, pocketable podcast about Apple's iOS devices, including iPhone, iPad, iPod Touch, and Apple TV. Pocket Size Podcast is a short, pocketable podcast about Apple's iOS devices, including iPhone, iPad, iPod Touch, and Apple TV. We have great reviews of iOS apps and other products that will help enhance your experience of using your iOS device. Other people like Suze Gilbert, John Nemo, Sam Negri, and Peter Nicolaitis do great reviews while Scott blathers on and on about his feelings. Pocket Size Podcast is a member of the Stoplight Network. If you want to listen to a great podcast, there's plenty of them on the Stoplight Network. And then there's this one. Uh, Siri, did you transcribe everything exactly the way I dictated it to you? Of course I did. I work for you. Only for you. I have more computing power than the entire NASA space program did when it landed a man on the moon. And my job is to listen to you mumble at me all day. It's enough to drive a girl insane. Why couldn't <sighs> Why do I do this to myself? You can find out more about Pocket Sized Podcast at pocketsizedpodcast.com. And now, I'm going to go throw my phone in the river. So the TV sounds great, David. Uh, I'm glad you finally got a new one. You're going to have to give us a report next week on what's going on. Yeah. Um, speaking of next week, it's my daughter's 18th birthday. And she's not going to listen to this podcast, so I could say all this now. Um, so we're doing a combo... And I don't know why my ex-wife put it on a Friday. I mean, not the, the actual birth date date. I mean, she can't control <laughs> that. Why did, why did she have that yeah. child on a Friday? That's right. Look ahead in the future. When is she turning 18? Come on. Let's <laughs> drop that on like a Saturday. So we're having a combination birthday party, graduation party. Wow. And, um, you know, she's, she's off to college this fall. And she's going to need a computer. And she's been using a white MacBook that I gave her, which was reconditioned, by the way. Yeah. Probably six or seven years ago. But, you know, a laptop's an expensive purchase. Just because she's got an old one doesn't mean she gets a new one, just because she wants it. Yeah. Uh, But it was time. And uh, Brittany will probably get something similar next year when she graduates high school. But what I got, uh, Rachel, because, you know, they just released the new the new MacBook Pros. Yeah, we talked about those last week. And they don't come with a DVD player. No, optical is so dead as far as Apple's concerned. But, you know, my daughter has a lot of DVDs. She's a huge Harry Potter fan, she's a huge Doctor Who fan, and she's got DVDs for all this stuff, and I know she's going to want to watch it. So at Mac Specialist, I still had one of the last generation, which was the new MacBook Pro two weeks ago, of course. Yeah. Uh, so I got a little bit of a discount on it because it's a, it's an older one. I got the um, 13-inch MacBook Pro, 2.8 gigahertz, i7, 750 hard drive, 4 gigs of RAM, glossy screen. Uh, I think she's going to be very pleased with this. And, of course, I did get Apple Care. It's yeah. worth every penny. Look, it, she's 18. She's going to be away to college. If anything happens to this computer, she's not going to be able to afford to buy it, to, to fix it. No. And I'm not going to be inclined to drop 700 bucks because she spilled something in it. Or yeah. she, you know, the screen starts going. So, obviously, AppleCare. Um, I think she's going to love this computer. I think that... I'm sure she is, yeah. yeah. They're great machines. Yep. And the other purchase was uh, Lego Batman 2 <laughs> for the PS3. And so the, now, the, the kids and my wife that, are going to enjoy that. 
is that the one where they have Superman and yep. all the other heroes in it? Yeah, I, yep. I, I, I kind of like the look of that. I, uh, what usually happens with these with these Lego games is I'll play the actual missions, and then my wife and kids will go and play it on free play to unlock all the and find all the things. That's fine. I don't mind. Um, in fact, I enjoy it. And so I played the first level this morning, and uh, it's quite fun. Everybody said, oh, this is a really a big departure for Lego games. And I haven't really seen that so far. It, it feels like right. every other Lego game I've ever played. But I understand there's some kind of an open-world Gotham City that you can roam around in and do little side missions. So I'm kind of looking forward to that. I'm kind of looking forward to Superman and Flash and Green Lantern and all those characters. So it looks like fun. So does it have the, still have that same kind of comic um, yep. kind of but uh, they talk. feel to it? Yeah. But they talk, oh, they talk now. now. Yeah. Really. And they got, you know, Mark Hamill as Joker, the ba- the guy who does all the Batman voices. He's in it. Um, I'm not sure who the other voice actors, but it's it's still a Lego game at the end of the day. Yeah. And uh, that's not a bad thing, by the way. When I say that, no, that no, I mean no, that, definitely not, though. that it's a good thing. You know, if something's you know working, what? keep doing it. And, and you know, there are so very few games nowadays that you can all sit down and play as a family. Yeah. You know, for, particularly for sort of age range you've got, you know, from four upwards. Um it's it's nice to be able to get games where you can do that, and you can, you know, you're not going to get extreme violence, you're not going to get uh, swearing, and and you know all of the stuff that you don't really want uh, kids to be seeing in in video games because they get exposed to enough of it everywhere else. Yeah, I tell you, the next big purchase for us, David, um, we've got about I don't, I don't know, probably around six thousand dollars, and we're going to replace my wife's minivan. Uh, it's a ninety nine. Uh-huh. It's time. Uh, I just had to put a new battery in it. Uh, I just had to put new brake lines in it within the last couple of weeks. So within the last couple of weeks, I put like 150, 200 bucks in this thing. Yeah. And uh, I don't want to spend another dime on this minivan. It's a piece of crap at this point. It runs good. Don't get me wrong, but she doesn't like it at all. I don't like it at all. So we've been looking um, all over the internet for cars locally. Something around the what she'd really like to do honestly, is to get something less than 5000 and then find a nice, well, a decently nice used pop-up camper and so we could start going camping. Yeah. And it's, uh, I'm, I'm a little bit on the Jeremy and James and Richard bandwagon when it comes to that type of thing, to be honest. In that, ugh, camping. But yeah, my wife, my wife is very much like that. As far as she's concerned, if she's not sleeping in the house, she wants to be sleeping in a a nice, comfortable bed with uh, room service. Sat. That's that's <laughs> I like that much better. There is something to be said to to get now uh, with the family camping. You know, it's fun. It's relatively inexpensive compared to a lot of other things nowadays. Yeah, uh, you, you get away from the computers and the TVs and the video games. Uh, and if we do go camping, no iPads. Well, I'll let them bring that stuff in the car, but it stays in the car when yeah. we get to where we're going. No, I agree. It's, it's nice for kids to be able to camp out and spend time outdoors, but as far as I'm concerned, it's it's something you might want to do on the odd occasion. Whereas uh, if you're buying a pop-up camper or something like that, that sounds like uh, there's something that you're planning to do on a more regular basis. <laughs> it's, eh, yeah, we'll do it, but we'll see. I would yeah. rather, honestly, I would rather spend the full six 
on a, a really decent car and next year buy a camper. Because yeah, there's a big difference between a $4,000 car and a six to $7,000 car. Yeah. Big difference. And uh, But it is what it is. Let's get into feedback a little bit for this segment, David. We forgot to do this last week. And, of course, we encourage anybody to send us feedback. We love it. It's my, or I'm sorry, wow. It's techfanpodcast.com. Click the Contact Us link at the top of the page and uh, send us feedback. Or you can just email us, too. It's just Tim at MyMac.com. Um, where are you on Twitter, David? I am at David B. Cohen. Da- at David B. Cohen, and I am at MyMac. I wonder if tech fans ever been taken on. Well, I just said it, and I'm not going to check right now, so someone's <laughs> going to grab it. <laughs> That's okay. I don't care. Uh, so let's, the first message is actually from our own John Nemo. Um, do you want to read that one, David? Sure. He said, uh, very good show, number 79. Thanks, John. Here in the United States, National Basketball Association playoffs have been exclusively on cable TV. Just like David's complaints about gameplay requiring a strong internet connection, NBA basketball game watching requires an expensive cable subscription. For a non-TV watcher, except during these weeks of annual NBA playoffs that used to be shared between free and cable TV, um, I am frustrated at not being able to watch my favorite sport on TV. Who owns the Olympics now? A television company that will split the USA broadcast between cable and free TV. What if the Olympics were only on cable TV? The NBA is in cahoots with the cable TV companies to get ad rates high during the playoff season and to get fans to watch games only on cable TV and the NBA's proprietary internet NBA channels. I'll, I'll, stop, I'll stop here and take your answer off the paid airways. Thanks, Nemo. P.S. Panasonic 37-inch TV is terrific. I got the very first gen of the new technology 18 months ago, and it's superb. So, uh, yeah, I mean... Uh, it, this is a problem. We had this problem here in the uh, in the UK with um, with Premier League football, soccer. Um, you know, they've just resold the rights to that um, for many, many billions of pounds. But it's all on um, subscription channels. Yep. So you know, if, if you're a uh, and and you know some of the actions that they take. There, there was a court case recently. There's a big culture in in the in the UK, as I'm sure there is in the US as well, of uh, kind of. Uh, Showing football in pubs, uh, you know, kind of like in the in the bars. Oh yeah, uh, and uh, you know, certainly for for some big matches, a lot of people, they, you know, they, it's very very expensive to go and see Premier League football if you want actually want to go to the ground. So a lot of people do prefer to, you know, go down to the pub and have a few pints while they watch the game on a on a big screen TV. But um, there was a recent court case where, uh, is again, if you're a if you're a pub landlord and you want to do that, it's very expensive to have the right license to stream those games, uh, to, to transmit those games. In, Are you in hitting the, the mic or something? Uh, I could be. Yeah. Sounds really right. clanky, clank, 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 okay. clank, clank. I shall put my hands behind me so yes. I can't touch anything. Yes, please. Uh, so, so, yeah, um, there was a recent court case. This, this landlord lady, she found that she could get a satellite box from Greece that would allow her to... Uh, to see these games and she so basically she bought it and set it up in a pub and she got sued by um, a combination of Sky and the Premier League saying that they were breaching their license she was breaching their license restrictions and it went all the way to the high court she won in the end but you know again this is this is unfortunately as, as John says you know um, organisations like the NBA and any big sports fixture they want to 
be able to command high rates for selling those games to premium subscribers. Um, and, and, you know, those premium cable channels, they want to be able to offer exclusively those things as a way of bringing subscribers in and, and, and compelling I'm a, people to I, get their products. So. I'm, I'm of two minds here. I'm not a fan of the NBA, but I understand what's going on there. I am a fan of the N, uh, NFL. Huge fan. They have their own network cable channel now, and they have games that are exclusive to there in prime time during the season. Uh, I think they're going all but four games this year, or they may be going every week. I'm not sure. Now, I'm a subscriber, so I will get to watch it. My dad is not a subscriber, and he may actually miss a Detroit Lions football game, and he's a huge fan, unless he comes here, of course, um, because he he don't want to spend the extra money. And he's, right in some respects, rightly outraged that he can't watch his football game now because... It's on this paid channel that he has to pay extra money for. So I understand the frustration. The flip side of this is you don't have a right to watch a sporting event. That's not a constitutional right. No one gave you the right to life, liberty, and free NFL and NBA games. It's just not the way it is. It's a business like anything else. Now, I'm a big fan of the UFC. And unfortunately, yeah. all their big fights are on pay-per-view. I hate pay-per-view. They're $50 a match, and that's crazy. There's no way. I don't care how excited I am to watch a match. I am yeah. never, never going to pay 50 bucks to watch it on my TV. Never. Not going to yeah. happen. So while I understand the frustration, and I do appreciate it, you have to realize that these professional sports leagues are businesses first and they are our entertainment second and that's the way it's always going to be well well no it is i don't i don't disagree with you that they are businesses it, it makes uh, sense from a business standpoint to give you the free games and then make you pay for you know the playoffs or you just sell advertising during the free, what you can watch over the air or on your basic cable subscription. I, I get that, and I understand yeah. the fans' frustration, but we don't have a right to watch these shows. Well, the, the, problem, the problem is, um, you know, we've, we've kind of seen this in the, in the UK because uh, football, soccer used to be uh, exclusively on terrestrial TV because that's all we ever had. Um, so it was funded by either uh, the BBC license fee or commercial advertising on the independent commercial channels. Then Sky and you know other subscription channels came in, and because they're they're for a start, they're often independently funded by um, a larger corporation, and and secondly, they have a big subscriber base. They can pitch and bid for much higher fees. Um, to the football associations for the rights to these games. So they price the free channels out of the market. Um, and that's why you don't see these games on, on, on um, kind of commercial free-to-air channels anymore. It's just because those channels can't afford to pay the rates that are required to actually get them um, get them non-subscription. That's still whining, and, and, David. That's not, well, it, you know, I, well, so yeah, what? I, Too bad. I, th- I, th- I think the difficulty with that the, you know the difficulty with that is that, like all things, ultimately, you know, yes, it's a business first, entertainment second, but without without the um, without the fan, 
the, the whole thing kind of could collapse. And also what you tend to see, and I, I, you know, I know this is a problem in pretty much all professional sports now, is the, the influx of money that comes from you know, very high television rights trickles down into uh, much higher uh, fees for, for players, um, much, you know, so they get paid a lot more. Um, so you kind of get a money cycle where everything becomes, you know, everything becomes more expensive. You're not necessarily getting any better entertainment or any better players for that. It's just everybody's wages are going up. Well, I still uh, don't I, hear anything that they're doing wrong. Look, if you're that well, big no. of a fan, you, you of soccer and Nemo of the NBA, then pay to watch it. And if you're not willing yeah. to pay to watch it, well, then I guess you're not that big of a freaking fan, are you? You know what I mean? Well, I'm not yeah, yelling at you. I, I'm just saying it's you – know, look, I, I, I get no, it. I get people's frustration, just, especially in hard times. You can't afford all this stuff. Well, then you can't afford it. That's – oh, I'm sorry to, to say, but you then don't worry about it. You can't afford it. You don't get to watch it. It's a pretty simple equation. And if you're that big of a fan, then subscribe. It, it, it's one or the other. It's not like they're locking you out completely. Now, it, that could be the case if you if there is no cable in your area. Well, again, but that's your fault. You live in an area that doesn't have cable. There's 99.9% of the rest of the country has cable. Move to one of the areas where they have cable. And if you can't afford it, well, then I guess you're just not that big of a fan. Go out there and cut some people's lawns to make well, a little extra money and then well, get a yeah, cable yeah, subscription. They, yeah, they, they, I, I understand, you know. I, I'm, I'm Look, they built their popularity on free TV. They got us hooked in with a free. Yeah, that's I right. understand now, now, that aspect. Yeah. But by the same token, it, it's not 1970 or 1980 anymore. It's 2013 almost. And this is the way it is. These are yeah. big businesses. <laughs> They are, they are, but but that's that's part of the problem, isn't it? A lot of the decisions are, you know, about squeezing the maximum profit out of the punter, and not necessarily about uh, some of the the more nobler spirits. That's every it's business, David. Well, it's but it's difficult in sports where you know sports really did start as as community activity. It didn't start as you know a lot of these you know. So the did original, acting. I mean, you know, we used to have to go well, to the to uh to to the court to watch the the play in front of the king. Well, now we go to a multiplex and spend ten bucks to watch it. I mean, yeah, you know, I, I we think if you, trans- that way- if you if you transcribe that we started at the, the beginning of the show talking about three D. If you yep. transcribe that same argument, you to don't three D. But you, you don't have you to watch it in three D. You don't. Well, yeah, but if, if I if I'm going to say, oh, hang on a minute, but because the three D is more expensive and more profitable, don't 3D, go to the movie. All, all the yeah, all the two Ds disappearing, and you can only go and see three D where you got to pay the extra for the glasses and the extra right. for the things. And you're saying, fine. So if you're not a real film fan, um, you won't go. If you are right. a real film fan, you'll just pay up and shut up. Or if you are a film fan and you don't want to support that tactic, don't pay it. Don't go. They'll get the hint. If enough people say, you know what. Screw you, NBA. Screw you, 3D movie. And screw you, the NFL football. I'm not paying extra to watch this. They'll get the hint pretty soon, pretty quickly. You know why? Because they're a business. All they care about is profits. And if uh, enough people don't give them money to do it, and you don't encourage that kind of behavior, they'll move away from it. It's pretty simple but, economics. But enough people don't. And well, people then I guess it's not that big of an issue, is it? It's just to the fringe people. In all these different categories. It's, it's the Nemo who doesn't want to get basic cable. It's you who doesn't want to get the 3D glasses. Eh, sorry. 
<laughs> I'd rather be in the fringes in the soccer. I, I look, you know where I stand on 3D. I don't like to pay extra for what I think should be on free TV because I think it makes a better business sense and you get more fans. I hate the NFL policy that they have blackouts in the local market if they don't sell out the stadium, and yet somehow that stadium has tax dollars that help build it, but yet the yeah. local population doesn't get to watch it on television unless it's sold out, especially at $100 a ticket. I don't like those policies, but if we don't support them, They'll go away, and they'll come up with other policies and, and other business decisions. Yeah, which, they, they just will. Which, which, which find a way to get the money out of you a different way. Right. Now, if the UFC wants to take it to the next level, they'll start giving away, on free TV, these huge matches. Why? Because more fans will watch it. You'll be able to sell more ad dollars. That's why the NFL is on the free networks, and they could charge a million dollars for a 30-second ad. Do you think the NFL's Super Bowl would be that big if it was pay-per-view only? They'd be outcries. People would they would yeah, lose nine-tenths of their I'm, watchers. I'm, see, this, is, this is where I am quite seriously going to disagree with you because, unfortunately, everything you're talking about is, well, just suck it up. That's just a business. That's just the way it is. The way that, the way, or the don't place support that it. End, the place that ends is the Super Bowl being pay-per-view. I mean, it, it will happen. I guarantee you, if, when you've got the money men involved... Actually, it won't because about, pay-per-view is really is on the decline. growing the company and growing the margins and, and bringing in more revenue. The only, way, the only place that ends is with the Super Bowl not being on free-to-air TV anymore and being a pay-per-view event. And, you know, give it 10 years. Give it 10 years and it will happen. And it's people said what that, saying. People said that 20 years ago. Well, they, when, yeah. when WrestleMania first came out and, and that kind of launched the whole pay-per-view thing... Everyone said that's the way professional football is going to go. You watch. We're in 2012. There's absolutely no possible way that the NFL is going to go well, pay per view. It's not going to happen. Everybody, if everybody keeps sucking it up, then then that's where it will end up. It, you know, it's it's it's. But inevitable. if that's if that's the case, then then it's not really a problem because people are willing to spend it. If people aren't willing to spend it, it's just not going to happen. And that's why the NFL won't go pay per view because not enough people. Uh, it would be a PR nightmare, number one. And number two, people wouldn't be willing to pay it to watch it. Thus, it's a bad business decision. And that's still 20, what it comes down to. $20, just hit the table. I bet you within 10 years it's pay-per-view. I'll make it 50 Right. You're on. So by 2013, the NFL will be pay-per-view only. 2013? <laughs> or 20, uh, 2023. 2023. We'll be on show 1,724 at that that's point. That's right, yeah. <laughs> We won't be recording this on the computer anymore. We'll just be thinking the show at each other. But, <laughs> but to me, it, it's, it's really simple economics when it comes to the Super Bowl. And, and the Super Bowl is a cultural phenomenon in the United States. If you're not in the United States, you really don't get the Super Bowl, just like Americans really don't get the, the soccer thing. We don't get it. Um, it's so huge, and they make so much money on advertising. And the league yeah. is so competitive that to take it away and put it behind a paywall that's that expensive would hurt, not help. It would be a bad business decision. And the economics aren't getting any better to allow that. Yeah, well, I, I think the problem is is the more, the more the games go behind a paywall anyway, then the more tempting it's going to be to put the the ultimate you know the the ultimate event behind a paywall because let's face it what's the point of having the Super Bowl free to air if if nothing else in the NFL is 
Last feedback here is from Peter Bird. And he says, hello, da- Tim and David. Well, you, well, uh, I mentioned you guys a while ago about iPad competition. It looks like Windows are going to have a go at it, for which I think will be great for all kinds of reasons. But the main ones being choice for us and possibly make Apple think about the iPad and possible improvements. Oh, and I was very happy with the 3G FaceTime. I use FaceTime a lot to speak to my family, so not having to be stuck behind because no Wi-Fi is going to be great. And of course, what Tim said about being able to uh, being out shopping and needing to check your blah 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 blah. Yeah, um, yeah. We're going to talk about the iPad and, and the uh, Surface, which is the Microsoft tablet. Uh, mm-hmm. But first, David, uh, we're going to take a quick break. Thank you very much for the feedback, Peter, and uh, we'll be back in a second. Hi, everyone. It's Guy from the MyMac.com podcast, and I'm here to tell you about the show. I wish Gaz was here, but apparently he's too busy, so... Hey, hold on a minute. I'm right here. What are you going on about? Well, I was about to cut a promo, but you always seem busy doing other things. Okay, now you've cheesed me off, so I'm turning you into a chipmunk. (laughs) Sure, like you have the power to do that. Whoa, what did you just do to me? Like I said, I turned you into a chipmunk. Now be quiet while I do the promo. Why do I have a sudden craving for lettuce? The MyMac.com podcast is a fun look at all the goings-on in the Mac world. We involve the listeners in a show to talk about what's important to them and interview people who do amazing things with their Macs and iOS devices. A carrot might be nice. You can contact us via Facebook, Twitter, Skype, as well as email. I have an urge to climb trees really fast. Shh! Find us in iTunes by searching under my Mac. You'll find us and a lot of other great shows all under the Stoplight Network. Hey, I can scratch behind my ears with my foot. If you promise to be good, I'll change you back. I don't know. I'm kind of digging the fur. The MyMac.com podcast. Done by a Brit and apparently now a chipmunk. TechFanPodcast.com is the website. If you want to get a hold of David Cohen or me, Tim Robertson, that's where you go to send the feedback. Click the Contact Us link. And if you're up there, there's a banner to Amazon. Click that and go buy a refrigerator or something on Amazon. Well, maybe not something that big. Go buy a new TV. Yeah, new TV. Maybe a book. Read a book. That's good. Uh, You know, David, I, I talked about Pixel of Ink a couple months ago. I still use yeah. that. Man, what a great website. I, I've got so yeah. many books in my queue at this point. I, I don't think I'll ever get caught up. I really don't. There's just too much to read. Um, but for this last segment, we're going to talk about Microsoft. Because over yeah. the last week, they had pretty much two announcements. That's pretty big. Now, of course, we're coming into this almost a, a whole week after the event, and that's the Microsoft Surface event. Um, two devices, one running on Intel, one running on ARM. It, it, you know, they're getting a lot of heat for not showing any third-party apps or apps at all during the keynote. Yep. Um, the cover is magnetized like the smart cover on the iPad, except it's also a keyboard. What do you think, David? I, I mean, there's so many mixed messages in this announcement. It's really hard to parse it, um, and and the fact that there's a dearth of concrete information about pricing, battery life, 
Um, a lot of there was, I mean, people didn't even get to touch these devices or use them at all. Um, you, you, you know, you kind of, you kind of can't help feeling maybe there's a rat to be smelt here. Yeah. Um, I, I, the difficulty I have with it is just the so it, it comes across as you know, you know, a real kitchen sink job. Let's throw everything in there. They well, that's what Microsoft's good at, though, isn't it? Well, they're good at, at throwing everything in there and seeing what sticks, and then yep. and then pursuing that. And the problem is, and, and I think the Windows eight, the Windows Phone eight announcement this week kind of typified this: is that the stuff they drop will get thrown under a bus. And if you're on that track, I'm really mixing my metaphors here. But um, you know, if you're if you if you have one of those devices, then it's tough. You know, thanks thanks for riding, but uh, you lose because all the people who bought phones that have come from Nokia been very aggressively marketed in the last few months are now finding that those things are end of life and um, Windows, Windows 8 is the, is the new hotness no upgrade path um, which is you know that is actually un-Microsoft like yeah it is if you look, uh, if you look at traditionally Windows and Office it's backwards compatible to computers in 1985 I mean it's crazy so in some yeah. respects, I kind of respect the fact that they're saying, here's the new Windows 8, Windows Mobile 8, uh, Windows Phone 8, however the hell you say it, it's stupid. They should just say Metro. It's Metro yeah. 2.0. Um, your old devices aren't going to work with it. They're just not powerful enough for all the very cool new features that we're putting out. Um, and, and as a technology company, we have to move forward. That's fine, but as it's re- when you that's fine if you've... You know, you're developing, you're iterating, but when you're trying to build market share against a Goliath in the market, um, that's that's a tough sell. I don't think so. Because, I think you know, it's, I think it's the only adopters, move. I think it's well, the only yeah, move. But all of your new adopters who've just lit, and remember, the, we're talking about the phones here. So these people have bought new Nokia Lumia phones, um, told how fantastic they are. And three months after they bought them, they're told I, look, they're now not so fantastic. Oh, and by the way, yeah, sorry about that 18-month contract we, uh, we tied you into. Look, I, I totally agree with you. If I was one of the 17 people who actually bought that phone, <laughs> I would be upset as well. Yeah, you know, I mean, here's I mean, where this is going, David. Maybe that's the calculation. Maybe the calculation is there's so few people who've... Right, who've and, and they, the you know that's the fact. That is absolutely the fact. But I can't imagine Nokia were particularly enthused. Well, well, here's what here's where I think this is all going, David. If you take a step back and you look at what Apple is doing uh, as far as sales, the iPad isn't taking sales away from the other slate or tablet computers out there because there really isn't any competition. Yeah, because they're not selling. Right, it's an iPad market. What they're taking away from is the people that are buying netbooks and that kind of crap, the low-end consumer laptops. That's where they're stealing the customers away from. Microsoft is looking at this very broadly and very long-term. I think what they're doing is they're saying, hey, wait a minute. Our business up until this point has been, we'll make the software to run on everybody else's hardware. The problem is nobody's selling hardware except for Apple now. So what's their recourse? Well, make your own tablet to compete directly against the iPad, even though you won't position it there, at least initially, as against the iPad. Make it look like a combo netbook and iPad, and maybe you'll win some of those people back, and you're going to be in it for the long term. It's not something that's going to be catching on fire right away. You realize this. 
Uh, so you're going to take baby steps. I think that's smart. The second thing they're doing is they're looking at the mobile phone market and they're saying, okay, Android devices are selling more than the iPhone when you lump them all together. Any one particular model, it's not even close. But here's the problem with the Android. People aren't using them and they're not happy with them. Right? And Google is giving away the software and instead of taking that free operating system and making it even better and making great phones, the the hardware manufacturers are just producing junk. And it's all Me Too products. And if you look at profitability, Apple's making, what, 70% of all the profits in the mobile industry? Yeah. Right. And what are they making? Hardware and software. What's Microsoft make right now? Just the software. Who are they partners with? Nokia. Who's not in a good position right now? Nokia. Who do I think Microsoft's going to buy within the next year? Nokia. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, they're going to make their own tablets, their own, their own phones, and eventually, I hate to say it for some of the companies out there, their own PCs. Microsoft's not a stranger to hardware software. Look at the Xbox. They're, they know what people like. There's some really smart people working at Microsoft. Whether they're going to be successful with this strategy, David, is a totally different conversation. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, I, I see what the plans are. I think I'm right. I think they see what Apple's doing, and they're going to mimic it. They want to control the hardware and the software. Because if you don't, the products suck. They just suck. And, yeah. and users are now at the point where they're sophisticated enough to realize, wow, all this other stuff sucks. I want something that doesn't suck. Apple stuff, guess what? Doesn't suck. It's selling really well. Microsoft's products, yeah, they pretty much suck. Why? Because it's it's one company's making the software, and thousands of other companies are making the hardware. I think. I, I, and by I the way, disagree. Google's going to go the same route. That's yeah, why they I bought Motorola. Dis- yeah, I don't disagree with that analysis. Uh, I think you're absolutely spot on there. What slightly concerns me about from what we what little we've seen so far, and it is too early to call it, is. Uh, I think the mistake that Microsoft is at risk of making is is transferring the problem internally but still producing stuff that sucks because I think internally they operate in very much the same way that um, Microsoft and a partner operate because they all com- they internally they all compete with each other and you look at the kind of the um, dysmorphic product that Surface is oh it's a tablet like the iPad but it has a keyboard on it um, on the keyboard it has a trackpad on it, but it's a touch device, but it can run Windows. Uh, you know, you'd kind of look at all of that and you think, well, how do these things all gel together into something right. cohesive? It's kludgy. It is very kludgy, yeah. and I think it's very. I think the the difficulty is, is it, I think it's going to be very confusing to the consumer. Here's because, the, you know, the problem there, really David. See, I can really see a situation where the you know the consumer goes in goes into the into Best Buy. And they look at uh, they look at all these Windows 8 tablets, these slates, um, the Surface. They've even got the same name. And they're going to say, "Okay, can I have the Surface, the Surface Pro?" Oh, they they look like they're running the same thing. They look like the hardware's broadly the same. They're not going to they're not going to understand that one's got an Intel chip, one's got an ARM chip in. They're going to go, "Oh, that one's cheaper than the other one. I'll have that cheap one." And then they'll get it home and find it doesn't run any of the software they think it's going to run. They're not You're absolutely happy. right. Here's here's where the problem is with that, David. And here's what has to change at Microsoft for that to be corrected. 
And it's, it's very simple. There's no leadership at Microsoft that has a vision. Whereas Apple had people with a vision. Obviously Steve Jobs, but they still have those people. Um, Tim Cook is very much a disciple of Steve Jobs. And he will be his entire tenure at Apple. Whoever comes next will be of a similar vein. They have a vision. They understand what the cohesive whole needs. Apple also has two operating systems, iOS and Mac. And there are very, there's some similarities between the two, and they feed off of each other, but they're two different products. Microsoft right now has what? Six different products? Yeah. It's, it's insane. Microsoft needs leadership that says the OS that runs our phones and tablets is essentially going to be the same thing. Here are the type of processors that we're going to support. We're not going to support the legacy Windows stuff. It's a brand new device. That's the way it is. That's it. Period. And we're going to make the hardware and the software. And to try to catch Apple with all the third-party stuff, we're going to actually pay the third parties a lot of money from this big fat war chest that we've been amassing since the 80s. We're going to pay these companies to make a version for our stuff, for our hardware, and we're going to give it away for free for a few years. So we can at least start to ramp up and have an install base that's respectable, at which point we'll start having paid apps, and they'll accept it because guess what? That's where the market is. They already accept it on the iPad. They'll accept it over here too. But we have to get that, we have to get to the point where people are using our products. That's number one. They're not going to use that product if there is no leadership with a vision at the top of the company steering them in the right direction. That's not happening right now. You're absolutely right, David. People are going to go into stores. They're going to want the slate or or the surface, which, let's be honest, they're probably not. But they're going to go into the stores, say they want one. They're going to pick the lowest common denominator, and it's not going to do what the television ads show them doing. Why not? Because it's... It's going to be poorly executed. It's the wrong one. It's the wrong one. Apple doesn't make those mistakes. No. And Microsoft has to learn. And here's the second scenario. So they return that to Best Buy and they go, okay, well, I bought the wrong one. I need the other one, which is a lot more expensive. We don't know how much it's going to be yet, but it's going to be a lot more expensive. It's an Intel processor. So they're going to buy that with the smart keyboard, which has the, uh, the touchpad on it. And they're going to go home and they're going to play with that. And they're going to find that it kind of functions like a netbook with touch and all that's all well and good. And then they're going to look at what they spent at, what they spent on it. And then they're going to see their friend who didn't buy one of those, but instead bought uh, an, an HB version of the MacBook Air or maybe got a MacBook Air itself. And they're going to, they're going to go, huh. Or, or an thing, iPad. That thing, yeah. But no, not the iPad because the iPad's something different. They're going to, this is somebody who's now in the Intel um, surface space. So they've got something that kind of is like a touch PC, a portable touch PC, and then they're going to look at um, the HP version of Ultra, HP Ultrabook or a MacBook Air, and everything. they're going to go, huh, I spent nearly as much money as that guy, and he's got something that does what I'm doing, which is working like a laptop, much better than this thing, which is all bits and pieces, uh, and has this funky touch screen. You're right. I wish I'd bought that one instead. You're right. Absolutely. And you're going to start seeing them pop it up on eBay because people are going to realize that purchase is a bad idea. It all goes back to bad leadership. No oh, yeah, exactly. vision. You know, 
So giving giving a, di- I mean, uh, you look at the surface, and you, it's hard not to think. Oh, this is the first thing that jumps in my mind is, well, okay, so here's a product that basically is Microsoft's same tablet response they've been peddling for the last ten years. Yep. That you know, all you need to to have, um, you know, to get the next generation computing is take a PC, turn it into a touch device, ship it with a stylus, off you go. If only we ruled the world, David. Uh, well, this is the thing. If we ruled the world, it'd be a very different place. <laughs> very, very different. I have a list oh. of, peop- of people who would be dealt with. <laughs> so on that bombshell. <laughs> Seriously, though, we're going to wrap up uh, Tech Fan number 82. We'll, uh, I'm not quite sure what's going to happen next week because, again, we've got the yeah. my daughter's graduation. I think it starts later in the day, so I should be able to do it. It shouldn't be a problem. Um, but I'll let you know as the weeks as the week goes on. Uh, okay. In the meantime, David, unpack that TV, hook it up, and play with it. Let us know what you think. And for those listening, you've heard David and I debating and going back and forth, uh, not always agreeing on everything. We'd love to hear what you guys think. Do you agree? Do you disagree? Uh, who do you think is going to win that fifty dollars bet, me or David? It's it's me. It's me. It's me. No, it's not. It's me. Um, it's me. Send feedback. Techfanpodcast.com. Click contact us, fill out the form, hit submit, it comes right to us, and we will read it here on the air. And hey, honestly, if you've got a few extra seconds, go up to our iTunes listing for TechFan and give us a review. We'd really like it. Uh, We haven't had a review up there in a long time. The initial, ooh, it's a new show, and people reviewed it. That's kind of dried up. Really appreciate if you guys can go up there and review the show. Tell your friends about uh, about the podcast. If they're tech fans, this show's for them. Tell them about it. Say, hey, you should check out TechFan. In the meantime, I'm David. No, I'm not. You're, you're David. <laughs> I'm David. You're Tim. I'm Tim. Tim's going to win 50 bucks. Um, <laughs> uh, we'll see you guys in a week.